0: today we're going to look at this uh, first two verses, these first two verses of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. We can put one in your hand. We've got two sturdy guys here ready to drop one in your hand. Looks like everybody's good, and today, an important day, they brought Bibles. Great. All right. So, (laughs) Hebrews 12, starting in verse 1. Therefore, we also... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Lord, we ask now, Lord, if I said not another word, just reading those two verses would be enough because your word is forever settled. It's powerful. Lord, I pray that every word that was just read you would speak and it would go deep into each heart for your word is sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide joint and marrow and even the thoughts and the intents of our heart. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to us, you'd comfort us. Lord, you'd stir us, you'd soften us, you'd settle us, you'd sanctify us, Lord, and you indeed would send us. And Lord, so now may your word do the work of many different directions in a 360 degree view is only you can do touch what each person needs here this morning. It's in Jesus' precious name and by your spirit we pray. And Lord, may you just remove any distraction so that you would be exalted and glorified in our presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This time last year, the 4th of July had just passed. And our team, we had a team that was just about ready to take off and head to El Salvador. This time last year, 2017, we were getting ready to take the team down to El Salvador. At that time, it never entered my mind, and I assume it never entered any of your minds, that one year later from last year, our assistant pastor, Randy Guerra, would no longer be with us. Never entered my mind. That Michelle and Kristen and Jessica the family would be grieving and planning a service instead of us planning to go to El Salvador. In fact, in fact at this time last year, Randy had recently undergone a hip surgery. And it was healing nicely. And I was really looking forward to him being stronger than ever and blistering my hands with some fall football throws again. That didn't happen. Um, And I want you to know, Randy would end up being stronger than ever, but not based on human understanding or planning. See, Randy was in the final lap of his life unknown to him or any of us. But God was preparing him. The Bible, and more specifically the New Testament, compares the Christian life to a race. Did you know that? Four times in the New Testament, it compares the Christian life to a race. Why a race? Because it takes intentionality to run a race. You only enter a race if you choose to enter a race, right? No one's grabbed me off the street and said, you're going to race today, son. (laughs) They want a a losing person, they would (laughs) come grab me. But uh, uh, it takes commitment to run a race. You have to train for it. It takes preparation to run a race, doesn't it? And it takes endurance to finish a race. It was so cool out this morning, I had to go for a run. Because this passage was in my mind. I went for a run this morning. And I was like, Lord, I just want to push myself and endure and pray the whole time. It takes endurance. You willingly enter a race just as we willingly said yes to Jesus to enter into that race. When we said yes to his forgiveness... We entered a race, and the course, as the text says, is set before us. You don't set your course. I don't set my course. A lot of people, the problem is they still think they're setting their course. They are wrong. Just like Randy didn't know the date, but God sets our course. The Apostle Paul said in Acts 20, verse 24, Nor do I count my life dear to myself, all that we can get to this place, not counting our life dear to ourselves, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. I don't always have joy. How about you? I want to finish it with joy. I want to walk it with joy. And the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus, Paul didn't create that ministry. It was placed in his hand. If you're a mom, you didn't choose to be a mom. God made you one. If you're a parent, whatever ministry you have, it's been placed into your hands. And someday you'll give an account of what you did with it. Our life belongs to Jesus. The race and the ministry within our race is ordained and set by Christ himself. Your course, my course, our families, our gifts, our resources, our ministry areas, the church we've been placed in. If you're here, God's placed you here. I don't pick where I go. God picks and says, this is where I want you. It's all chosen by God. Pastor Randy, he fully understood that, and he appreciated that, and it was his trust in that truth that encouraged me so many times. I'll never forget the many times he lay his big paw on my shoulder, <laughs> say, "God's called you to this. God's called you to this. God's called you to this." So, oh, so many times over the years, it was the Lord that had our paths cross, and it was the Lord that had our calling in mind. And, you know, he would say to me, so let's just be faithful and stay on the path and keep going and keep going forward. No matter what other people do, think, say, let's just keep staying forward with Jesus. We discussed numerous times the fact that we both lived in South Florida. We both went to college in South Florida. He went to University of Miami. I went to Florida International University. We both started our Christian lives at Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale, both of us but never knew each other there. Probably passed each other in a bar or something, but uh, (laughs) never knew each other there. That was before salvation, I mean. Uh, But God God took Randy on a job uh, with Toys R Us company. He was in the logistics. Uh, He took him up into Orlando, uh, and then the Lord took me out of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Ultimately, Randy went from Orlando, then to Richmond, and he landed with Walmart and did the logistics for them. Uh, The Lord took me up to Charlotte, North Carolina, and then a job transfer from Charlotte to Richmond. Neither of us had a clue we'd be pastors. We might have done like Jonah and ran the other direction. We had no clue that we were coming to Richmond to be pastors, that our paths would intersect in the year 2003. We had no idea that any of that was... was uh, but God's working always behind the scenes. You know, the, the quilt on the front and the, the thing on the back, or the, you, that stitchy thing that ladies do, whatever, uh, <laughs> has the stuff on the back. Um, I was thinking... I was thinking yesterday, wow, I was saved in 1995. So from 1995 to 2002, because uh, I was in Fort Lauderdale or Charlotte from 95 to 2002, for the first year, eight years of me being saved, I didn't know Randy. So from 95 to 2002, I was saved, didn't know him. And then him being in my life from 2003 to 2018, so for the past 15 of my 23 years of being saved, we have served Christ together. The last 15 years. And thankfully getting closer every year. The past 11 serving in pastoral ministry. So 11 years straight serving in pastoral ministry together. And it's, uh, it's been these past 10, 11 years serving together. And I would say equally the last 10 months of his suffering that I want to draw on this morning. The last 11 years of serving in pastoral. But the last 10 months as well of his suffering. Because God says a lot in final days. Sometimes more than all the days. And here's where my heart is this morning. Here's here's where it is. What would Pastor Randy want to say to each of you as you continue on your race? I'm kind of speaking for him this morning. What would he want to say to you about you and your race? What would he want to emphasize that you invest as far as your time and your life and what God has given you? What What would he encourage you, exhort you to invest in? And I wanted to still down to a few minutes this morning what he lived out over the course of his life. What I observed in 15 years of friendship and 11 years of pastoral ministry, some things that I took for granted I was observing, some things that were registering, some things that were uh, kind of lodging in, and some things that you know I asked men yesterday, give me just some description of what you saw in his life. And, the, and it was beautiful getting back uh, with this one app that guys were just sending all this stuff, and it was great to see that, that men had been watching, observing. But one of the things that he, he and I um, frequently discussed and continually prayed over concerning the believers here at Calvary Chapel of Richmond, and the core of what Randy wanted to leave us with is right here in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I could have picked all the scriptures, but I think uh, there's a lot of other good scriptures, but God just led me to this passage. Just, just focus on these few verses. These few things with these few minutes. And today, let me add that if uh, that Randy, as of Wednesday, he's, he plays a different role in this passage now. As of Wednesday, he's now part of the first few words. Therefore, we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. That was not him prior to Wednesday. This is when you pass into heaven, then you become part of the cloud of witnesses. So now he's actually part of those, but I believe he was living out the other parts of this verse, in, in his life. I don't have a three-point outline today, so you're off the hook with that. Um, and I only have this one title slide, and then I have a closing slide. But let's look back at Hebrews 1 and, and the clear and concise context that's given to the body of Christ here. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... This cloud of witnesses, I want to first say, if you're taking notes, number one here, not a five-point outline, but we're just going through the points that are seen in the text. Therefore, what the Lord is saying is, if you look at Hebrews 11, the chapter prior, it's called the Hall of Faith. And because you have all these saints that have lived well, and they were hated, they were persecuted, they had rough lives, they had tough times, they somehow clinged on by a thread and were used by God, and now they're in heaven, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering. So that's Hebrews 11. That's why every time you see a therefore, you want to know why it's therefore, right? So therefore, because they had finished well, you now can look at their example and do the same, is what the writer is saying because of that. So Paul said, in his life, he said, "Follow my manner of life." He, Paul wasn't being arrogant. Paul was just saying, "I know I'm yielded. Don't follow my imperfections, but follow my priorities." Is what Paul was saying. He said, "Follow my manner of life. Follow the faith of those that are fully given to the will of God." Most of us read books by people who serve God. I mean, we read Spurgeon, we read Tozer, we read you know F. B. Meyer, and because. Hudson Taylor, because we know that they served well, and we can see that they were battered and beat up, and they, su- they still survived, right? So we, we've gained strength from that. So he's saying, follow those who were fully given to the will of God. And, and if you're looking for heroes, go back and read Hebrews 11. Today's People magazine heroes are not heroes, right? Amen. But if you're looking for heroes, Hebrews 11, and Randy loved the faith of these men and women. He actually loved the book of Hebrews a lot. So First and foremost, God's saying, remember, whatever you're going through, someone else has gone through the same exact fire, the same exact battle. That's what he's saying at the outset. We have a cloud of witnesses. So even one day this week, I was, I was pretty down, and I, and I felt like Randy was, I, I could kind of see him standing up in heaven saying, you can do this, Right? Because he's now part of the cloud of witnesses. And you've got people in your life. I've done funerals for Christians, but I really wasn't close to most of them. So I, don't, I, I didn't kind of conceptualize them as, as really attached to my walk. But, you know, when Elisha says goodbye to Elijah, he really kind of feels like, no, no, I know that I can do what you've done because I've watched you do it. So... We have this cloud of witnesses. We have them in Scripture. We have them as faithful saints that we can look to. Number two, he goes on, let us lay aside every weight. It's it's a bottom line fact. We cannot effectively run the race, the Christian life, carrying all the same weights that the world carries. The world carries a lot of weights. They load them up. They're trying to take the U-Haul into heaven with everything in it. Think about it. What are the things that you've added or accumulated in your life that are now, in fact, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart, you would have to be honest, say the very things you've tried so hard to get your hands on are actually hindering you from serving Jesus. You've added a lot, you've accumulated a lot, and now they're actually hindering you from serving Christ like you used to, perhaps want to. More importantly, Christ says, Calling you to. Or we don't know who the writer is. It could be Paul. But the writer is saying, lay aside every weight. Randy, a couple of years ago, he gave me a book by A.W. Tozer on Christian leadership. And Tozer says this. He says, it will require a determined heart and more than a little courage to wrench ourselves from the grip of our times and return to biblical ways. But it can be done, he said. Praise God it can be done. Amen? It's going to take a little courage. It's going to take a really sincere heart to say, Lord, I'm going to lay aside these weights. Pastor Randy and I talked so many times about how busy people have now become in the year 2018. How busy everybody's become. So many in the body of Christ have less and less and less and less and less time for Jesus. We talked about it a lot. Even consistency in church attendance is an all time low, and it's not just a Calvary Chapel, it's at Baptist churches. I have pastors of every denomination you know, that I know personally, and they tell me the same thing. It's gotten less, it's an all time low. Gathering is, gathering is considered a weight. Oh, I can't go get to a prayer meeting. I ain't got time for that. Gathering's considered the weight now, when God considers it a blessing. Who's right? Satan or God? God says it's a blessing. We don't believe that, though. We're like, if we did, the prayer meetings would be packed. The actual weights are not seen as weights, and the things that are not. So the real weights, people don't see as weights. And so Jesus said it this way He says, My burden is light. Jesus says, You're going to carry a burden one way or another. Isn't that true? Jesus says, you're going to carry something. You're going to haul. You're going to load up donkeys in the old days. You're going to load up U-Hauls. You're going to carry everything. You're going to have a burden. The question is which? The burden of the Lord or just burdens that we lay on ourselves? He says, my burden is light. Which one do we want to carry? Jesus says, my burden is light. Our self-imposed weights, they never offer peace anyway, do they? Our self-imposed weights don't offer peace. That's why we see celebrities committing suicide that have everything, everything everyone else dreams of. I'm like, if I won the lottery, I would finally be perfect. No, you'd be perfectly bothered again, right? Just with more stuff. What is robbing you of time with God that you and I can control? There's things we can't control. I admit that. There's things that happen in my calendar that I have no control over, and I thought my day would go like this. We all have that. We all have things that happen. But what are the things things that are robbing you of time that you can control? See, God's given us a choice. The emphasis here is to lay aside the weight, isn't it? It doesn't say, weight will jump out of your hand. He says you have to lay aside every weight. So the recognition of the weight and the responsibility to lay aside the weight is, guess whose responsibility? Ours. We have to recognize that we're carrying a weight, and then we have to say, Lord... I'm going to lay this weight down. Pastor Randy the last few years would say to me, he said this numerous times, he's like there's so much unnecessary pain that could be avoided and so much work of the Lord that could flourish if people would simplify their lives, if they would simplify their lives. We have a choice in areas that we can simplify or we can make them more complex. We have a lot of drama we bring on ourselves, don't we? We try and blame everybody for it. But a lot of times, it's our own doing. That's why the writer's saying, lay those weights aside. Lay those things down. I believe he was right. We need to simplify and prioritize. Amen? Amen. If Jesus was coming back next week, is there any simplification you might go through? At all? Or next month, say, Jesus said, I'm coming back by December 31st. What would we do? What would we simplify in our lives? Lay those weights down. The next thing he says is... Lay aside every weight that so, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. We have to deal with sin in our lives, don't we? Yeah. I hate to break it to us all, but we all still are sinners, amen? We have to deal with sin, though, because we can't let it fester. We can't let it just continue to accumulate. Remember the dung gate? We talked about that in Nehemiah. You have to get that stuff out of the gate, right? You can't just stay in the city and in our temples we have to lay it at the cross and leave it there and not pick them back up. Not pick those pet sins back up. You see, the weights, will make us, the weights will make us ultra busy, ultra lazy, and full of excuses. That's what the weights do. The sin will poison us, and ultimately it will collapse us and destroy us. If we don't repent, and let the Lord Jesus cleanse us. Amen? God wants to cleanse us. So you might not have a whole, you might be not trying to accumulate, but you, you have some hidden sin or you have some things you're holding on to. But we have a gracious and loving Savior that wants to forgive us more than we actually want forgiveness. Isn't that great to know? He wants to forgive us more than we want forgiveness. That's good for me to know because a lot of times I feel like, Lord, would you, I blew it again. We all fall, we all fail, we all say, do, or think things we immediately regret, right? Like, why did I do that? Why did I act that way? And we feel remorse, but we need to stop and confess, don't let it fester. Don't let it become a bigger hindrance. Don't let it become a relationship impasse. But the writer of Hebrews He's speaking of a willful continuing in sin. Did you realize that that's what it's about? He's speaking you cannot willfully stay in sin. We all fall and fail, but he's saying stop diving into the pool. It's one thing to slip on a banana peel. Another thing to say, I'm diving in, right? A person cannot habitually and continually keep yelling at their spouse. That's willful. Cannot continually curse and you're at your own family. If you're a teenager, you can't lie to your parents over and over and over again. You can't refuse as a Christian to be teachable. I don't know when to teach me anything. If you do, I'll just find a different church. You can't refuse to be teachable. You can't refuse to read and pray. You can't continue to engage in pornography. You can't, for, you know, not, I'm not going to uh, forgive that family member or, belie- or believer in the church or co-worker, just to name a few willful areas. These are willful areas. These are ones that we choose say, look, I'm either going to continue this or say, Lord, I'm going to lay this sin at the foot of the cross and leave it there. Amen? Amen. Is there something God is convicting you or or me of that until we lay it there, we're going to go absolutely nowhere in our walk except backwards. We're definitely not going forward in the race. Until that sin is dealt with, nowhere he goes on let us run the race we'll stop right there number 4 we have to enter the race this seems obvious doesn't it we actually have to enter the race we have to prepare right it's one thing to get ready for the race but finally when the gun goes off you actually got to start moving right yeah. hey guess what i entered the spartan race said blah 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 how did you do <laughs> oh, i just stayed at the fin- i stayed at the starting line <laughs> Everybody it was wonderful watching everybody run. I sat there and I was like I saw the back of their tennis shoes and some were in Asics, some were in Adidas and you know I just watched there and I just sat there at the starting line and just watched all these runners. But you had trained for weeks for this. Yeah, I know I did I did train all this stuff but it, but I really wasn't there to run. I was really there to watch. We have to actually enter the race. We have to put forth the effort to serve Christ and other people. That's the nature of this race. The whole reason Jesus said, I have bought you with a price is that you would now live for him, serving him and serving other people. That was the race Pastor Randy was running. You know, his hip, his knees, he couldn't really run anymore, but spiritually he could. Spiritually he was running faster than a lot of other people, even though he couldn't run physically. Some of you can't run anymore at all. You're, you're up in age. Who cares? You can run in your heart. No, don't. You can run circles around young people if your prayer life is strong. Uh, he would, um, Randy would drive an hour at the crack of dawn, all the way to Williamsburg and back, simply to stay involved in this church, and stay involved in my life. He would drive an hour there and back five days a week. Uh, he would spend his time driving back, talking to me at least three days a week, where we talk about the ministry. Usually, three times a week, we talk about the ministry, church needs, planning, we pray together. He'd use the time wisely in the car. He had a demanding job. Uh, he was responsible for all the shipments that came into the port there from all over the world for a $1 billion facility, shipping containers from all over. He used his free time. He had other free time too, like the rest of us do. We act like we have none, but we actually have some. We try and tell everybody we have zero free time, and then God follows her around and said, oh, I see that. Yeah. Nine holes today, doing this, you yeah, know, you find, you find He, he used his free time. Yes, he liked to read. He'd have a Friday date night with Michelle. He'd go to little league games with his kids. He'd go out to dinner like a normal human being and have fun. He'd watch a college football game with me, and we even made some road trips to some games. And yet, and I know this is a modern miracle, He still had time for his wife, still had time for a demanding job, still had time for leisure and downtime, and still, amazingly enough, he had more time for the things of the Lord than 99% of the people you'll meet will tell you that they do. Somehow he had time for Jesus. Serving in our men's ministry, hospital visits, teaching, going to Bon Air, which was not comfortable for him, a host of other things. Why? 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 Why could he still have a normal life and still invest all this time in the Lord? Because he simplified his life in all kinds of areas where they could be simplified. And he sought first the kingdom of God with his primary time. He started every day in the word and in prayer. And if you start there and really, I mean, you're not just starting there to just check a box. You're communing with God. God takes your time and does things with the calendar that are outside of your understanding. He does this with your checkbook too, by the way. And Randy invested his time, his talent, and treasure and allowed God to balance the rest. Instead of just saying, I just don't have time for this. And he said, look, I'm going to just give it to Jesus. I can't have any time. I know he'd be tired. I need you to go to this hospital visit with me. All right. I would have said no if I was in his shoes, I think. But he wouldn't. Now, everyone's race is different. Due to some medical things, I said there were some medical things. Randy couldn't go on the foreign mission trips that we would do, for example. But he did what he could. Did you hear me, brothers and sisters? He did what he could. When Jesus says, well done, good and faithful, you know he says you are faithful in a few things. You know that God's examination of us is going to come down to a small area, and it's going to be this was your free spot, and this is what I'm looking at. You, did you do what you could? Not what everyone else could. And everyone else, I, I, can't do, I can't imagine how Billy Graham traveled the world and did what he did. I, I can't even fathom it. I don't have to do what Billy Graham did. I just have to do what I am called to do. What can I do in my sphere? Randy did what he could with what he had. He he understood to finish the race, you have to shed the weights. You have to shed the sin and lay it at the foot of the cross. But then you actually have to start. You have to run the race. You have to put forth the effort. You have to say, you know what? The last thing in the world I want to do is go serve in the children's ministry. Just be honest with God. Just tell him. I used to tell him that. Hey, Lord, when I, we moved to Charlotte, they said, we have a need in the two-year-old ministry. I said, I have a need to stay right where I'm at. <laughs> but the Lord, wouldn't, the Lord wouldn't let me and Sarah's heart go. He, I, he just said, look, I, I'm not giving you anything at all until you say I'll do whatever you call me to do. So we went in there. She had diaper duty. I had entertain the two-year-old duty. I was going to, here, watch this for Play-Doh, you know, that kind of, th- you know, that kind of thing. Um, but you have to start running the race. You have to start being a parent. You have to start leading the kids in prayer. You have to start reading your Bible. You have to start praying. You have to start sharing your faith. You have to run the race. You're not accountable for every single thing that could be done in the world, but you're accountable, and I'm accountable for what we could do. Amen. Our race, your race might be this long. Someone else's race might be that long. But Jesus gonna say, did you run it or not? Or did you just stay at the starting line saying, wow, great to see all you runners out here today. And then act like when they, when they all come back in, hey, wasn't that a great race? They're like, I don't remember seeing you out there. And Jesus in Matthew 25 talks about that. He said, where were you when I needed someone to give a glass of water? Where were you when I needed to cl- someone clothed? Where were you when that single mom needed help and you said, well, someone else will take care of it? We have so much potential in this room. Do you realize that? And there was a pastor that said recently, I love the quote, and I'm going to hope I get it right, but it, the sum it was this. A great pastor is, on the one hand, painfully aware of the shortcomings of the church, but relentlessly optimistic about its potential. I'm painfully aware of my own shortcomings, but I'm relentlessly optimistic about Jesus' potential for me. How about you? Yeah. And that is true of us in the church. And I think Randy and I, we talked, Randy and I, he loved every person, he, but he could see the potential in people, and God wants us to realize it by his grace. Amen. Amen. Lastly, he says, with endurance the race set before us, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And and then he expresses that Jesus endured far worse than we did. I've never been put on a Roman cross. I've never been beaten with a cat of nine tails. I've never sweat drops of blood. He says, look, your endurance is going to be okay when you look at Jesus. Lastly, you have to run, run with endurance. What happens if you get tired serving the Lord? Does anyone here think it's possible you might get tired serving Jesus? You will. Of course you'll get tired. you get tired in all kinds of things that you're called to do in life. Being a mom up in the middle of the night, going to work when you, you know, have to do that certain presentation. You only got two hours sleep, coughing all night. The scriptures say those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength, right? You've got to wait on the Lord to have that renewed. What happens when someone criticizes you? You ever had someone criticize you? I mean, if you're human, you probably have, right? What happens when someone criticizes you or abandons you or bails on you or speaks ill of you? I saw Pastor Randy experience some of those things. You know, it's not easy in ministry. It's not easy in life. You've had some of you uh, have kids that are estranged from you. I know that's hard, right? It's hard when they don't want to love you back. It's hard when you love people hard and they don't want to love you back, right? Then you want to be mad at them, right? Well, I could play this game, right? And some of you would be great at that game, right? You're, you'd be great at getting even. God appointed you even at a person. You know, get every, you'd say, I would do that well. We've all experienced those things, some more than others. Our brothers and sisters around the world would kind of laugh, chuckle at ours with what they've experienced. But let's face it, they still hurt, right? Abandonment hurts, criticism hurts, being ostracized hurts, for young kids being bullied hurts, all of those things, they all hurt. Jesus was criticized. Jesus was rejected. He was even hated, hated to the point that they killed him. That's how much hatred they had. We must endure, and we have to keep going, in the strength of the Holy Spirit remembering the call, right, that we're called to run the race that we're called to represent Christ, that we're called to love even our enemies and our neighbors and everybody else. And how do we do it? We keep looking to Jesus. We keep looking to Jesus. What happens if I lose my job? Some of you may be in that place now. What happens if I have a chronic illness? What if I'm fearful? I'm anxious. I'm depressed and no one knows what me. You're me me sitting in this room and and you're one of those things. I've been dealing with all kinds of anxiety, depression, all these things that are in. I can't even get rid of them. Draw near to Christ. Keep looking to Jesus, the author and finisher. He's the finisher. The reason why we can finish strong is because we have a finisher. Amen? Amen? He's the author and finisher of our faith. Runners feel like giving up. You know what they do? They start talking to themselves. Some of you runners, you know what I'm talking about. You start talking to yourself. You say, I know I can do this. I can do this. I, I can do it. I'm just gonna. Sometimes when I run, I don't feel like running anymore. I'd say, I'm just going to run another this amount. And I can get there. When I get there, I say, oh, I think I can do a little more than that. You just keep talking to yourself. But I don't talk to myself in the Christian life. I talk to Jesus. We talk to him. Say, Lord, you can help me put another foot in front of it. Keep going a little further. One more lap. One more lap. Quote a scripture. Meditate on these things day and night. It should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. What What if, like Pastor Randy, you get cancer? And you finally lose your ability to talk or walk. Some of you introverts say, I don't care if I lose the ability to talk. I'll talk now, right? Some of you think that I, believe it or not, you think, well, you probably hate that. I'm like, no, no. I, I've talked enough in my lifetime. If God would say, hey, you can just go over here and not talk, for, I'd be fine for months. Just, But say, no, the Lord said, no, you must preach the word in season and out of season. But Randy loved to share the word. But what happens? All of a sudden, he couldn't speak anymore. It was painful heart-wrenching. It was difficult for him. Uh, He couldn't walk anymore. And those of you that have have seen brain cancer, and I know that the Casey family understands this well, uh, how how do you go forward? You you endure in the realm of the Holy Spirit. You endure in the realm of the Holy Spirit. Yes, his grace is sufficient even for cancer, even for death. Amen? Amen. John the Baptist, greatest man ever lived according to Jesus. He endured all the way to death because God says, I've chosen him for a short season to pfft, hit the whole world with the gospel and get, get, get things ready for my son. That was his calling. But you can endure, even unto death, Pastor Randy, with the little strength that he had, and he had a lot to say um, just with his eyes. But the little bit he could get out of his mouth was, stay faithful. That was it. Stay faithful. Anywhere he would say, he would say, he's faithful. That's about all he could say. Stay faithful, and he's faithful. Stay faithful, and he's faithful. Did you know if we just could quote that to ourselves, we'd be doing pretty good? (laughs) Stay faithful, he's faithful. I saw this lived out in his life, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Americans don't like to be weak. We like to smoke everybody in the Olympics, right? We like our team to be better so we can brag to everybody else, my team's better than your team. We like to be bigger, stronger, faster, men's fitness magazine, Cosmo, all this stuff. And God looks at that, and he's not impressed at all. None. God's not impressed with that. He says strength is made perfect in weakness. You see, nobody ever finishes life physically strong. Did you know that? Nobody finishes life physically strong. Death is proof that the body is not strong. Amen? Amen. So when you see someone who is an amazing physique, don't be impressed anymore. I'm more impressed with saints that are strong in spirit. I used to, I used to envy people that had, you know, had just great physiques. I don't care anymore. How about you? Just get to the point you don't care because the death is proof that the body isn't strong. Show me a person that's strong enough to avoid death. There's none except for Jesus. He gave his life to death. See, the body is always fading. From the day we're born, we're headed to whatever the end date is. The body is fading. It's not so strong. It's not a strong or brilliant mind. It's not a strong or physical heart that's proof of strength. No, it's the hidden strength, the spiritual strength acquired in the race. I didn't look at Randy as weaker laying in a bed. I looked at him as stronger. How about you? Some of you that saw him, I really did. It's It's the mind of Jesus and the heart shaped by God that God says, that is, it says, God breathed and man became a living being. He breathed. He didn't say, get some weights out. He breathed. God wants to breathe on us, amen, Amen. and give us that inside strength. Uh, He might have been weak, but Randy finished strong because he finished in the spirit and the strength of the Spirit. and But what he did is he left that strength and touched him. That's his granddaughter there. He baptized. Uh, that strength is now given as a witness to you and I as brothers and sisters to go forward and to run our own race. Amen? Amen? If you say, Randy had a big impact on me, then do the things he was doing. Start going to the prayer meetings. Start sharing your faith. I mean, Chaz is here because... You worked at Walmart together, and he led you to Christ. That's what God's called all of us to. Just tell your coworker, "Why don't you come to church with me?" Who have you invited in the last ten years? Or just in, do the things that God's called us to do as believers in a runner. But have a personal walk with you, have communion with God, so you have something to say to people. Be in the Word, be in prayer, fellowship. Come out to the Friday night things. You know. To, Go serve in an area. Find an area that you can put your hand in the plow and say, there's a gap and I can fill it. You know, we have gaps this Wednesday night after the prayer meeting. I'm going to ask uh, all the men, not going to be long, but if you're a man, we we normally have men's prayer right after the first Wednesday of each month, right? But last Wednesday was 4th of July, and we wanted to give all of our ministry people rest. We wanted to give all of you rest. And I'm going to look for more and more areas where we can give you rest. It's a big, you know, God's put on my heart that we're going to find the right areas to invest hard in, but we're also going to know how to rest because we rest so we have strength. But we did, and God knew that we needed to all just be resting when we found out that news. But this Wednesday, we'll have a prayer meeting. And right after the prayer meeting, if you're a man, we'd like you to stay for 15, 20 minutes. I just want to talk to you with our leadership, just any, if you're a man in the church, even if you say, I don't normally come, just show up and, and at least get near the end of the service and hang out. And just 15, 20, we'd love to talk. And just, we have, God wants to do some big things. And Randy would have wanted your help. We need your help. God doesn't need my help or your help, but he, he gives us the privilege of helping. Amen? Right. Right. Someday he's going to say, no, no, you had the privilege of helping me. Not, I have never done God a favor. He's done me the favor. Amen. He sent his son and said, Lord, what can I do to give you back? my time, talent, and treasure. So we'll be doing that. But, you know, we want to finish strong. And here's the simple thing about it all. For me to live as Christ. To die is what? Game. But we have to live that life and run that race. Amen? Amen. Let's bow your heads. Tawan's going to come up and, and just uh, play softly. And, and I just want to, as we kind of come to a close here, I would just ask, and, and no one knows why, you, you have to search your heart, but if you're here and first of all, if there's anyone here who doesn't know Jesus their Lord and Savior, with their heads bowed, say, I, not, I can't run the race because I've not first said yes to the forgiveness of Jesus. If you're here today and you say, but I want to give my life to Christ, you didn't even really do a salvation message, but God spoke to my heart and I want to give my life to Christ. If you're here at all, and there's someone like, just raise your hand. I want to pray with you that you would give your life to Christ. Is there anyone here at all that says, I'm here today. I you know I'm a visitor. Or I didn't know why I was here. Anyone at all? I know want to take for granted that we all are already in the family of God. I hope we are, but that doesn't mean I love when God saves souls. Anyone at all? The rest of us here For whatever reason, maybe you're not so much, you don't have a ton of weights that you can think of, or it doesn't matter if you have a ton, you have some that God wants you to lay down. Or maybe it's some sin that God's speaking to your heart and saying, You need to confess that, repent of it, and maybe get a brother, maybe an elder, Dr. Russ or Scott or Tawan or myself or Trevor or Randy, just someone to pray with you and just be safe, pray with me that I would just leave this at the cross maybe it's a sin maybe you uh, just lately have just been in the starting gate and you just are standing there and God is saying put your hand in the plow because I'm coming back soon and I want you to exercise the gifts that I've given you for any of those reasons if you want to, I'll pray with you just stand up right right where you're at, I just want to pray with you if it's a wait It's sin. You're standing in the starting gate. Whatever it may be, God's not condemning you. He wants to sanctify you. Remember last week we talked, June 24th, he wanted to soften us. He wants to sanctify us. Any of those areas. Sin, weight, or just standing in the starting gate when God has said, I want you to run this race. I've called you to run this race. I died for you to run this race. We'll never get another chance. Once once God calls our number, we don't get another opportunity to say, Lord, can I go back and redo that? Anyone at all? Bless your hearts, your humility, your honesty with God. Here's one of my sins that God's been dealing with me lately. I've been complaining too much. Am I the only one? Things get on my you know, Lord Lord why this? Why this? Why this? Why this? God's like, you know, God with Israel, they had to they had to pace the wilderness for a complaining spirit. So I'm just confessing to you that I've had a complaining spirit lately. God says, stop it. <laughs> I died on a cross for you, you know? Because sometimes a lot a lot of things in life can weigh you down. You have then you just start to I Lord, why this? Why this? Why this? Why this? And God, he just as much cares about complaining spirit as he does lust or anger or taking God's name in vain. You know, whatever it is. Maybe, again, maybe, maybe you're hoarding things in your heart and you, you just have a covetous spirit. And you know that you just crave this world. Not maybe the sins of this world, but the Bible calls it the pride of life. You just, you just want to be recognized for accomplishing and being Somebody. And Jesus says, I became nobody that you could have eternal life. Maybe that's it. Just stand where you're at. God, he cares about all these things. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're a compassionate and loving Savior. Lord, whether the people standing, whether it is weights, maybe they're just habits, maybe staying up too late, maybe uh, just not really putting the diligence to, to read your word. Maybe it's stu- too focused on a career. Maybe it's, uh, you know, just, I don't know, Lord, you know. Maybe it's a certain sin. Maybe it's been really ugly toward a spouse, or maybe there is a sin of, of lust, or maybe it, uh, Lord, like myself, just complaining lately. Forgive us. Cleanse us. Wash us by the blood of the Lamb. Maybe, Lord, we don't have the right compassion for lost people. Forgive us. I bet you everyone in this room, Lord, could have more compassion for lost people. What if we, Lord, instead of shook our heads at people that are maybe an evil, we would love them as you wept over Jerusalem. Forgive us, Lord, of our sins that we would say are no, no big deal, but they are keeping us from running the race with endurance. Forgive us, Lord, if you've given us time and ability to do things for the kingdom and we have sat and waited for someone else to do it Lord the days are short and we're going to give an account Lord we pray that you give us the strength by your spirit to not only do them but to do them well effectively Lord that you would fill every gap Lord I pray that you would bless and heal and strengthen each person that is standing and the Gera family and the stones that I know are standing with us in spirit we love you